Welcome to the Business with Bordeaux podcast, where we're bringing basic business tips to entrepreneurs and the future leaders of tomorrow. Let's get down to business. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode. Appreciate you spending the time and hanging out with me here on the podcast. Uh, This week, I have a fantastic show for you. Great interview with Alex Molden. He's actually a first round draft pick uh, who was picked up by the New Orleans Saints. He also played for the Chargers and the Lions in his career. Uh, Worked for Nike, Boy Scouts of America, McDonald's. He worked with the uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the FCA. Uh, Has a lot of experience in training on leadership and team building and all that good kind of stuff that's really uh, again, transferable to any area of life, any area of business and entrepreneurship. So make sure you stay tuned into that. Uh, find out more about him at alexmolden.com. That's A-L-E-X-M-O-L-D-E-N.com. But uh, before we jump into that, though, I do want to thank uh, official sponsor for this episode, Joseph. He's a uh, rapper from Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And he has started to make noise in the Lynchburg, Virginia area from his college, Liberty University. Joseph just recently released a highly anticipated single called Myself, featuring Orlando rapper. I'm going to butcher this name. I think it's Jake Saul. I could be wrong. Uh, he explained to us that this song is dedicated to the times when I was at the age of nine and dealing with rejection and depression because I didn't understand why people seem to always see me as lesser. I felt like I had to prove myself to people who already made their decisions on how to treat me. I think a lot of us have felt that way before. Now, Joseph is back and better, not only making improvements and growing a lot as a Christian, but also as an artist, continuing to share his experience with God and combine it with his love for hip hop. He said, I finally feel like my mentality has changed from why do they dislike me to why does he love me? And because of that, I have healed from feeling bad about myself to now feeling strong, not because of myself, but because of God who was in me. So I wrote the song. So uh, Joseph's new single, Myself, is now out uh, streaming everywhere. Make sure you check out his social media pages and his streaming link that will be provided in the show notes. So, uh, so yeah, Joseph, thank you for being a sponsor for the Business with Border podcast. Also want to thank uh, thank our patrons for the show, Aaron at TrueStrengthApparel.com. He also has a True Strength Life podcast you can check out. And he actually interviewed me on there not too long ago. And uh, he made me smile or he, he made me sound like I was smarter than I actually am. So I appreciate that. We also want to thank Jay Sandin, LT, uh, LT Smith. Both of them have uh, albums out. You can go check them out. Links for their stuff is provided in the show description. And a uh, shout out to them for supporting the show for so long. And uh, without further ado, here is my interview with Mr. Alex Molden. All righty, welcome back to the Business with Bordeaux podcast. I'm here with another interview uh, with an individual. He, he reached out to me, and I was a little surprised because you know I get a lot of emails from a lot of different people trying to connect me with individuals. You know, they're like booking agencies and services. But individual reached out to me, uh, said he wanted to come talk about leadership, gave me some of his background, uh, being from the NFL, spending eight years there, uh, starting off as a first round draft pick. And when I first announced that, like I had everybody asking, you know, who, who is it? Who is it? And I, and I finally have him here on the show to share with you his wisdom and his leadership knowledge, Mr. Alex Molden. How you doing, sir? Man, I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me. Thank you for returning my email. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, I try my best to return as many emails as possible, unless it's something that's just way out there. Okay. And I'm, you know, I, I'm like, I don't even know how to respond to this. But no, nah, yours was definitely, uh, it was, it was great. It was gracious, and uh, and it was good to, to to have you on, man, and to get somebody on here to talk about leadership. Um, definitely have people to talk about it in their own personal experience, but uh, yeah. you know, the way you talk about it from a foundational level that it can really translate to any area of life, which is extremely true. Some of my favorite. Uh, teachers will will really reiterate that, and uh, and I think sometimes mm-hmm. people think they have to be a a manager or a CEO of companies in order to be leadership. But I think you have to understand leadership before you ever get into those positions. And if you don't get in those positions, 
you can still apply those principles everywhere, right? That's right. That's right. And that's what, you know, people uh, sometimes forget is it's not just about like whether they're playing sports and you have to be a leader, right? Or, or like you said, like a CEO or a manager or whatnot. Uh, everybody has influence. And when you boil down leadership, when you boil it down, it's nothing but influence. And so even if you, so people say all the time, like, you know, I'm not a leader or, or uh, they just don't know what, what leadership is. So when you boil it down, it's even if you're influencing yourself, right? Because there was plenty of times I did not want to get up in the morning and go work out and go achieve, you know, my dreams. I had to influence myself. So I had to lead myself. And so we're, we all are leaders. And especially like the, you know, the parents out there, they, they have to, I think, to get um, the most or, or you want the best out of your kids. Leadership is a big part of that. And for many of us, we don't really understand it. We don't know it. We don't know what it looks like or what it feels like. Or we get it mixed up with character, right? Or what what are the characteristics of leadership? Right. So right. I've been, you know, over the over the past years, I've just kind of been, you know, doing a deep dive in my life, the successes and the failures, and and you know what made me follow, what made me be a follower. And I was a big time follower when I was in high school. You know, it was you know peer pressure, and and now nowadays. With, you know, with social media and stuff, it's 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 such a different time where the peer pressure and how people can shoot a text or not even a text, but something on social media and let you know how you look or they didn't like the hat that you wore or the, the <laughs> shirt that you wore that you were, you know, it, it's just it, it's it, it's a very it's an interesting time. And so, um, like I said, I've been doing some. You know, you know, the backdrop of, of my life and, you know, my life, you know, the ups and downs of trying to reach a certain thing, playing in the NFL and um, and then, you know, my journey through that. And then now, you know, with having eight, eight kids, you know, one woman, my wife. <laughs> and so just kind of like, you know, making, you know, so, you know, that journey as well. And there's right. a lot of things that that um, correlate from on the field to being a parent and then also being an entrepreneur. Right. So let's talk about your journey a little bit, uh, you know, from where you kind of started out, uh, maybe before you got into the NFL. How did, I mean, we're not going to talk about your NFL career per se, but I'd love to get, you know, just some little bit of insight on how that happened in your life to which what led to where you are now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I was, uh, I was an Army brat. And um, I, actually, it's, it's funny that I didn't grow up watching football. Mm. You know, my, my dad never we didn't watch sports. You know, my dad didn't watch sports. He was, you know, in the army and, you know, um, it just wasn't a big thing in our household. And I ended up watching it one day and I loved I, I just loved the aspect of it. And but I didn't know anybody that, that could teach me. So I was like, man, I want to learn more about that. And there was no internet, you know, back in the mid eighties. Right. So, okay. But we did have an encyclopedia. So <laughs> you so had a paper encyclopedia. Looked, yeah. Yeah. Encyclopedia. <laughs> so I had to look through F football and I started to learn the different positions and say, okay, what sounded like it fit me and my character. Right. And so I thought I was a linebacker. I thought I was, and I started finding out, you know, certain aspects of, I started watching football and at the time the New York Giants was the team and they had a linebacker on there by the name of Lawrence Taylor. And he was just ferocious and I watched how he played in his style. And I was like, I'm going to be Lawrence Taylor. Well, my dad is five, nine. My mom is five, six. <laughs> so it wasn't it just wasn't in the cards, but I ended up playing it and I didn't start playing football until my eighth grade year. In my eighth grade year, we went 0 and eight. We lost every game. Wow. Um, but I still it was the most fun I've ever had. And so I just kind of parlayed that and went into high school and you know, my, my football IQ was very low. 
but um, I just, you know, I love the game. And I ended up finding out right before my sophomore year that the word, very important word that I never heard before, but it was called scholarship. <laughs> so and it was a punch, right it was a puncher on our team because i thought i was going to the army just oh, like my dad and there was a there was a puncher who had just graduated and i was going to go work out and, and run and and all that good stuff and he was punting and i was like man why are you punting you, you just graduated why, why are you still punting he said oh no man i you know i got a i got a scholarship at uh, i believe it was the adam state was Division Two, I think, school back in the day. And I was like, a scholarship? What's that? He said, Alex, man, it's, they pay for your books and your tuition. They, they pay for your school. I was like, oh, they pay for your school because of you punting the ball? He said, yeah. And you can, you know, they give these athletic scholarships if, you're, if you play well enough and then you get good grades. Yeah, they'll pay for your school. Are you kidding me? That, <laughs> that, 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 that changed my life. That conversation, that brief conversation changed my life. And I ended up um, just really changing everything about me. The people that I hung around changed. Uh, I was trying to get more educated, so I tried to do all type of football camps. And, and, and then when I get these football camps, I was never uh, – I never wanted to be the first in line because – my football IQ. I didn't know what the drills were. I didn't know what. So I was always stand back. And instead of talking like all the other kids, I would be listening and watching and trying to get feedback. And so I would do that over and over again. So by the time it was my turn, I would get up there and I would do it perfect. Right. And I was like, hmm, this could be the secret, right? <laughs> to not always get in the front of the line, but be in the back. And then watch and learn and see the mistakes and, you know, the, the guys who did it well and hear the feedback. So then by the time I get there, I try to emulate that. Yeah. So anyway, you know, that and, you know, I end up playing well and uh, end up getting, you know, by the time I was a senior, I was an All-American and I had schools knocking at my door. And it was just it was such a fun time and a great time. And end up choosing, choosing University of Oregon. And, um, you know, got there and it wasn't like I never heard. I never watched them play until they, they went to a bowl game and I got a chance to watch them. I said, green and yellow, huh? <laughs> green and yellow. <laughs> but it was something. I like those colors right. and something about the Ducks and and then how they recruited me. They was really honest. And, you know, uh, I really loved the coach who recruited me. His name was Neil Zumbucos, Coach Zoom. And, um, you know, we developed a relationship and it was just something that, uh, you know, kind of drew me to University of Oregon. And yeah, went there, you know, went through ups and downs. They were terrible. <laughs> but my dream was to go and be a part of something that could, that can go from here and take it up to here. And I want to play a big role in that. And I actually managed to dream come true. I actually did. You know, my dream was to play in the Rose Bowl. And we ended up doing that by the time I was a junior. And, um, you know, that that really, you know, uh, changed my perspective on leadership and and culture and how you can be a part of a culture change. And, uh, and yeah, did that. Did that at University of Oregon. Went to the, won the Pac-10 first time in 37 years. Went to the Rose Bowl. And got beat up by Penn State, who was ranked number one <laughs> back in 1994. We played in the 95 Rose Bowl. But, uh, you know, just continually learning and, you know, developing myself. Had three different defensive back coaches, so I had to learn different philosophies and, and take bits and pieces of what they was teaching and, and made it fit to, to, you know, to me and my skill set. And... It, you know, parlayed me into, you know, being a first round draft pick and being a part of the, uh, the Saints and, you know, spent five years there, learned a lot. We lost a lot. But once again, <laughs> I was a part of something that in, in the year 2000, changing of culture and 
we was able to win the division and then not just win a division, but win, be a part of a team that was the first time winning a, a playoff game. And, and we did that. And uh, we ran into a buzzsaw. We went up to play the Minnesota Vikings when he had you know, that, that squad. They were, right. they were really good. But it was, it was pretty cool, pretty cool. So what were some of the things that, um, that you were learning at the time in the NFL that kind of got you into the leadership teaching position? Yeah, absolutely. So understanding like in, in different, different arenas or different um, careers or jobs that not everything is, not everybody cares about character, right? In the NFL, and you can see, you can see now, right? Because there's different type of characters. And I was just listening to um, the radio when I was coming in, um, coming into work today, and it was talking about, uh, the, he was a backup quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks, Boykin, I believe his name was Boykin. And he played, Ball, I believe he's quarterback at TCU. And, you know, come to find out, like he was, you know, he was, he was doing some some uh, some stuff back when he was in college. There was questions of his character that showed up. And then now he's arrested and he's serving a three-year sentence because he beat up his girlfriend, broke two bones in her jaw. Mm. And this is not the first, you know, incident of this with this player or with players in the NFL. So it's not about the character. Most of the time it's about their ability. And I think, you know, especially in the NFL and, and, you know, truth be told, other, other companies that they look at their ability before their character. Right. Right. Yeah. I know know. character doesn't line up with, uh, or at least the same good character doesn't, get lined up with every leader because uh, there's some, yeah. I think eventually it comes through and people see it, but I think ability in a lot of cases will override character. It's like, I've heard of like college professors that bring in, you know, because of their ability, like they know something very well about a subject, but their character mm-hmm. stinks. They treat their students like garbage yeah. They treat their coworkers like garbage. Same with doctors and surgeons and, you know, things like that because of their knowledge. Uh, they're like, well, look, there's nothing we can do about it because they have this ability to do X, Y, Z. Uh, so character yeah. isn't as, as important as it is, especially to a Christian to show godly character. In the mm-hmm. real world, it's not always a, a measure of success. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And... Um, you know, so, but, you know, it, it, for me, like, before, you know, I meet anyone or I decide to work with them, you know, being a, a leadership coach, I need to know what type of person they are. Because I don't want to be associated with somebody who um, I do business with, but I can't be a friend with. All right. So I, so I don't separate business and friendship. Gotcha. You know, I link them together. And, you know, I just, I look at it, you know, when I'm, so, you know, I'm raising my eight kids, you know, me and my wife. And number one, I don't care. And they're, they're, there's some good athletes in the bunch, right? There's some really good athletes. And I tell them that that, that only lasts for, for a certain amount of time. It's not finite, right? right? I was a good football player until I got into my 30s and then the wear and tear, the surgeries and all that type of stuff that... That wore me down and I wasn't able to play football anymore, especially at a high level. And when I retired, a big part of me died because my character was wrapped in, wrapped up into my platform is, you know, what I did. I don't want my kids to ever be so wrapped up into what they did that it becomes who they are. So I want them to understand like, man, their character, which is who they are. I want you to know, um, don't get wrapped up into how pretty you are, how smart you are, you know, how fast you are. 
It's about like who you are. And I wanted to help develop it. And I use, you know, me and my wife, we use a, a biblical foundation, you know, so. Uh, so how can you, what are ways that you gauge a person's character and how long can you normally tell uh, just on uh, a generic level? No doubt. Different conversations, questions. I can see uh, just a, you know going out, going out for lunch, and you see how they how they treat people. Gotcha. Yeah. You know, and so I'm very like I'm very mindful, um, you know, how they how they communicate with people, how they treat people, uh, and so I'm so I'm very I've learned this over the years is to be able to 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 see things. And it's like I tell my I tell my daughters, I said, if you're, um, you know, the boy and whatnot, and he likes you and you like him and whatnot, if you see something that you don't like, I don't care what it is. If that doesn't sit well with you for like a principle that you believe in, that's not the right one for you. Right. He's not the right one. Because what happens is if you decide that, now that goes against my principle that I believe in, but I'm gonna let it ride this time. Well, what's to stop that from continually growing and growing? And doesn't and like for us, it's like they should treat you with respect. Number one, All right? You see, and and here's the thing: is you see it modeled because you're at home with us, and you see how I treat your wife or treat your mom. So you know how it's modeled. So you should, if you believe in that, you want to be treated like that. That's a, that's a, that's a, a principle. That's a rock that you can, you can, you know, based on your relationship that you want to have, you can, you can follow that. And if it doesn't sit well with you, bail out. Yeah, because I if think it, it's, if it's not checked. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's I you know, it's a bad company, ruins good character, and um. You know, and so I think it's it's really important to make sure you're surrounding yourself with people that uh, will push you to to do better, to be better, and not somebody to pull you down. And um, so after you left the NFL, how long was it before you got into like teaching these things in, in character and leadership on a uh, on a education type level? It actually took me a while because I didn't know like, I was lost. You know, once I once I retired and I was like, man, I'm not going to do anything for at least a year, mm. not even work out. I've been working out since I was 12. I'm 31 <laughs> now. I'm not as. And man, my body started to fall apart and I wasn't having any type of fun. I would, it got you can only play golf for so long before it even that is not fun anymore. And, uh, you know, but I got a chance to spend time with my kids, take them to school, you know, be a part of them their lives in school volunteer. I was like, okay, I need to do something. And so um, what kind of got me going was um, I started thinking back, okay, what, what, what drove me to be the person I am today? What type of leadership, what, you know, what, what was it? I said, man, I love the aspect of working out, of training that can take me from one, you know, from A to B. And I had plenty of different trainers and coaches, strength and conditioning coaches that I really looked up to and admired. I was like, I think this is what I want to do. And so I started training uh, back in 2005 and, and, and you know, I've done that for 13, 14 years. Um, uh, I used to do training at Nike World Headquarters up in Beaverton. And it was just something that I just... I loved helping people. You know, once I boil that down, I loved helping people. Right. And it was helping them become healthier, you know, with their body. And, and um, some of the byproducts was you help, help them um, also, you know, with their confidence. And so once I started kind of, like, um, you know, I started talking, doing different, um, uh, speaking with different groups at Nike, because they knew that I was a football player and they knew that I came from that team environment. They wanted to, uh, they wanted to, you know, have me talk to their teams. So I started doing that and I ended up getting a, um, a coach 
you know, he's a, a leadership coach. And so I started working with him, and I was like, man, he's teaching me so much about myself. And it helps me become uh, not just a better person, but a better father, better husband, you know, better at what I was doing in my job. And I was like, man, I really, I like this. This is empowering. So I was like, man, I started, you know, studying and reading. And now I understand, like, yeah, I, I love helping people. But now it's, I'm helping them become a better person, which can help them be, become a better leader at home or at work. So when you were doing, like, the, the team training type stuff, that's when you had a leadership coach yourself? Uh, well, actually, it was um, not until I started doing more talking and I started okay. getting up on stages talking for different um, and not just Nike, but different companies. I started, you know, talking to them and telling my journey. And and I was just talking about more team, like team-oriented stuff and, you know, changing the culture. And I was like, man, hold on. But it starts with people, making sure you you hire the right people. And the right people is not just about their ability or about their the, the way they communicate or about their knowledge. It's really, it starts with character. In my mind, right. You know, and the more people you have with that, how that's how you change culture. So, whenever you were starting doing the speaking engagements, did you reach out to people, or did companies reach out to you? How did that uh, get initiated? Yeah, so it started like um, you know, it was low hanging fruit being at Nike, and um, you know, talking with those groups. And there's so many different teams, and so I would just post some of the talks that I did at Nike. Um, to, uh, social media, and and then I started, you know, and I got a website, and then people started looking at, you know, the people I was talking to, and then the content, which is you know built about team, and so I started having more companies reach out to me, and and, and come and, and talk and open up for you know for their conference or whatever, doing keynote speeches, but I wanted to have that was just one aspect, right? So I'm up on stage talking, telling my journey and, and then being able to pull different pieces of that and how that relates to them. But it was only up for, you know, I was only good up for an hour. I was like, man, I, I, I want more. You know what I'm saying? I want more. I want to be able to give like different, like how they can practice it. So then I started also doing workshops. So, um, you know, a company can, can bring me out for a full day. So I get hands on. I get to see how they work, how they communicate, and then kind of fill in, kind of give them some different um, uh, practice tips, how they can take that along for the journey. And then I started, man, I want even more. So now I want to be able to coach people how to become better leaders. And and so me having a coach, I've seen it in my own life and how this helped me in every aspect of my of my life. And so I want to be able to turn around and be able to, uh, to do that. So would you say working on character is one of the core, uh, like foundations of, of good leadership? Yes. You know, for me, for other people, it can be, um, they're for other people. It can be, they follow somebody because of their platform, right? Because they're a, superstar athlete or they're an actress or they're on TV or whatever that's one aspect but for me it comes with character character is number one um, also relationships but yeah other, the character for me is number one what are some other ways where people can start to kind of learn and develop their own leadership skills abilities uh, on a practical level I mean we have books and podcasts you can read and listen to but what you know, if you had like a couple of tips for people could start implementing today, what would you say are some of those core things they need to start working on? I think number one is like with like their their self. You know what I'm saying? Like looking at their looking at themselves and see even if they you know if they have if they're a manager or if they are a father or mother, it's like how would you want to lead your lead people and and then you can start to implement that like like for like i said character is number one but okay so how do you develop character well well character is just 
you know, like I said, it's come from a, from a biblical aspect, you know, for me, it's how I want to be treated, right? So how would you want to be treated, no matter where you are? And whether if you're at home, in a grocery store, or whatever, how do you want to be treated? Um, I would go relationships, which is just it's, it's who you know, right? Relationships is who you know. And I want to have relationships with with, with people, like you said, that's going to grow me. It's going to challenge me. Yeah. It's going to make me become a better person. And a lot of times, it doesn't sit well. All right? You know, it doesn't sit well if somebody's kind of telling you, somebody kind of holding up a mirror to yeah. you. Right? Right? So that's what my coach did to me, is I told him what I wanted to achieve, what I wanted to, you know, what's the end goal. And he said, okay. So what type of character do you need to have to get that? And then he's been hanging around with me. And he says, Alex, he just basically held up a mirror. This is what this is what I see. How would you want people in no matter where, what walk of life? How would you want them to, to view you? And it's something that you're proud of, something that your kids or your wife, would they want to you know, say, yeah, that's my dad or that's my that's my boo. Right. Right. right? So, um, yeah, relationships are huge character. Um, and then, you know, the other like experience, right? The different experience that you that you have um, can cause for people to, to follow you. And the cool thing is like, you know, experience like as you get older, hopefully you're you're having different experiences. You're not just your experience is not just at home playing video games. Right. It's getting out. It's getting out, communicating with people, getting to know people. I know. I was talking to somebody. Uh, it was actually a Facebook comment earlier today. And one of the things that I always think about and learn from leadership is a great leader will pull the best out of people. And But because they're pulling it, it, it tends to you know, leave some soreness on those that they're pulling from. So is that something that you've noticed in your uh, your kind of journey with leadership? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like, um, I guess it's like you know being a trainer, right? right? You 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 know you hear what people's goals are and what they want to achieve. You know they want to get fit, they lose weight, they want to get stronger, and just letting them know early on, hey, there's going to be some rough patches with this. Well, you're going to be sore the next day or maybe the next two days. But understand, this is gonna make you better. Right? This, is gonna, this is gonna make you better. And so uh, there's plenty of times like on the football field where I was doing things and I'm man, this is, this is terrible. This is like, you know, doing, you know, like Mr. Miyagi, wax on, wax off. This is, I don't understand this, wax on, wax off. But then you get in the game when the lights are on and you're not thinking, but it's, oh, that's why. That's why we did all those single leg squats. That's why we did all those pull-ups, is to make us make me stronger and this. Yeah, so there is going to be some pain and whatnot. But as long as it's coming from, um, and if I'm coaching somebody, I tell them up front what it's going to look like, what the journey is going to look like. And then also use intuition. Like, hey, I'm a, I want them to feel a certain way. I want them to feel empowered. I want them to feel... You know, when when they once they leave me, I want them to feel inspired. I know it. It almost sounds like you know, and I guess it comes with characters. You you have to be trustworthy in order for people to to look at you as a leader, uh, because of your your coaches. They made you do the things that you learned later were beneficial to you. Mm-hmm. That you were able to trust them the next time they want you to do something that is uncomfortable. <laughs> That's right. And, and, and here's the cool thing. You're talking about coaches. Some of the best coaches I've had was they were able to give me a system that made everything else simple. A good coach can give you ways. Uh, a good coach can simplify things. Right. Gotcha. A good coach can simplify things. There's a lot of stuff, a lot of information out there. and You can get bogged down in, in football. The speed of the game, the ability of others, all that good stuff, man. That, there's a lot of stuff happening. You know, the offense is continually changing. They're doing no, no huddle, all that type of stuff. 
my coach was able to give me a system. And the system was alignment, assignment, and adjustment. And then I added my own little spin to it when I'm doing my coaching or my speaking. It's alignment, assignment, adjustment, and then assessment. So you can be able to assess how well you did, the things you did right, the, did, the things you did wrong. So then the next time you're in that environment or in that situation, you can pull from your past experiences and come with a better outcome. Because can, can you just kind of run down what each of those mean? Yeah. So let's say, um, so let's say alignment. So on a football field, you have to be aligned a certain way, given the, the defense. And a lot of times, if you're misaligned before the play is even snapped, you've lost. Right. You've, given, you've given the offense a, um, a, a shorter avenue, right? You're giving them, now they have the upper hand. So just by alignment, you can be, you can be, you know, put yourself in harm's way. And so for, so for me, my foundation is my faith. And for many years, I was misaligned. Well, now I'm aligned. Like I follow, I follow biblical scripture. And so once I started doing that, man, things got a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, right. And so alignment, okay, check. All right, my assignment, right? On every play when I played in a you know um, football, I needed to know my assignment. I need to know what my job was. And then what really helped me as you start getting, you know, the levels start to get higher and higher, I didn't know need to know just my assignment, my job, but it helped. When I knew other people's jobs, not that I was going to take their job, but I could be able to hold them accountable for their job and then right. vice versa. So and then when you start to know my job, the guy next to me job, the guy in front of me job, man, now we can hold each other accountable and we don't have to wait for the coach to call us out. We can kind of self-police. We can create a safe culture where we can we can self-police each other. Right. Well, yeah. So now, so my assignment, I know my assignment now. All right. Before, when I retired from football, I don't know what, what, you know, I think I'm going to be a trainer. That, 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 I mean, that sounds good and I like it. And, and okay, so I know I want to help people. So that was my assignment. Well, now, you know, my assignment is to make people better leaders. I want to help influencers become better, be more influential. So it's interesting so because I think in the, in this day and age, it's like, Hey, you worry about you. I'm gonna worry about me, but we're in a very self-centered type of a, a society now. And we don't want accountability. And so yeah. you coming from that team environment, I mean, even in a church setting, even in a discipleship group, you know, it's like you, you need to hold each other accountable. You need to have accountability partner. You need to have people that can call you out when you're not doing right. Uh, mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're not going to uh, reach the, the highest level of, of character or just living life and living your purpose because if nobody's able to call you out, you're never going to grow. You're just going to keep... Exactly. Yeah. You're exactly right. Yeah, you're never going to grow. And But but here's the thing is it has to, it has to come from a safe environment, right? Yeah. It yeah. needs to be, you know, if it's in that in your, in your church group, it shouldn't be a whole bunch of, you know, Tom telling Alex's mishaps, right. telling the outside of that group, right? It needs to be within that group, right? It's, it's, it's a safer environment. Yeah. And so, you know, because I've seen it. I've seen it happen, you know, whether it's in a football team or a corporate team where people are afraid to voice their opinions or some of the things that they see. And they're afraid of them and they keep it to themselves because they don't want to ruffle any feathers. Right. Right. But there's some of the best teams, you know, it's like, man, it's okay to ruffle feathers. And as long as we're not, after we ruffle the feathers, like, I don't talk to you anymore forever, you know, or I hold a grudge. Oh, yeah. Hey, just like me and my brother. I mean, we have a great relationship. 
But back in the day, man, we used to get in fights. But then guess what? An hour later, hey, we, everything's good. You know, everything is good again. So it just needs to be in that safe environment. And then, um, you know, and then adjustments, right? In football, especially in the NFL, every play, there's not going to be one play where you just line up and hike the ball. There's going to be plays where you, they shift formations, they motion people out, they do everything to be able to undress the defense so they can get the upper hand, so they can know what coverage you're in. Right. There's going to be adjustments. And on the defensive side, man, we had to have, we had to be ready for it. You can't just wait till it happens. Oh, oh, now, now it's going. No, you need to be ready for the adjustments. And so, you know, I've, I've, I've created a system where, you know, you, you're ready for things to go right and for things to go wrong. And it should not be a surprise. You should, there's a, um, you know, there's a, a certain way of thinking that, hey, man, when things go great, I still got to be calm in the storm and know that, man, I'm leaving myself open. I'm vulnerable in this point where somebody can be able to, you know, I'm on top of the top of the world, you know, just sign my contract, million dollars and stuff. And then somebody, hey, hey, Alex, hey, man, I know I don't know you a whole well, but man, you think I can hold like 10 grand for this business that I'm opening up? Right. And you're on top of the world. It's like, man, oh, yeah. Oh, you got to be ready for the ups and downs. Right. Even when you're down, yeah, even when you're down, you still got to be you know, ready to adjust, you know, your mindset that hey, this is just for a moment. This is just for a moment. Stock market is this way or I broke up with my girlfriend. Or, this is just for a moment. What? And if and when it's down like that, what can I get from this to make me a better person? Right. There's something that's happening here. It might be on my end or the other person's end, but something I can be able to pull greatness out of this. So in, in your coaching, what would you say are some of the areas where you see people struggle with the most? Um, I think probably it would be communication. Yeah. Uh, or or uh, lack thereof. Yeah. Or, or or maybe even, you know, if they, they say something. So, so I get to start a lot of my corporate um, clients who, who are, you know, executives and Fortune 500 companies is they they say something, but it was interpreted another way. Yeah. Or they didn't add the spin of or they didn't add like intuition, like understanding people's, you know, how they feel is important. It's not just about, hey. Do this. You were wrong. Get it fixed. No, there's a certain like, man, hey, when you can, number one, create a relationship with your, you know, with your uh, co-workers, then you can be able to have those talks, which can go a little bit deeper and then understand like, man, I'm not hitting the mark. You know, I'm not I'm just I'm not hitting the mark. So I need to be able to uh, build a relationship and then learn how to consistently communicate the importance of this being done or that being done. Right. Right. I know I tell, um, well, I, I've, I've kind of figured out that certain people receive in a certain way. And, um, uh, and so, and this is kind of, you know, I kind of got this from, uh, from a, I don't know, some type of a teaching I heard that was talking about the way, you know, God responds to people in the way they receive best. So, um, so some people might receive intellectually. So like they get a lot of their communication from God, you know, via scripture, reading scripture. Mm -hmm. And then some people are more emotional. So he might communicate more with you through feelings, emotions, Holy spirit, things like that. Uh, and I, I think communication is the same way. You know, some people might do better with just straightforward, you know, just straight blunt. Yep. But if but if you take a blunt attitude of communication to somebody who is really emotional, it's not going to go over too well. And it's going to hit well. You're exactly right. So that's why creating those relationships, right? You get to know people. Yeah. You know how they, you know, they're. Uh, it can be upbringing or what drives them. What is kind of like what 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 um, pulls them back? You get to know people, 
And then you have a better way. Hey, I know, I know Kathy. Kathy, she likes being like, hey, straight up. Hey, I need this to be done at this time. That's it. I mean, that's how I am. I think just playing the sport that I played for for so long is like, hey, ain't no feelings. You got to separate feelings from facts. These are the facts. We got this from the assessment. We got this from the film. This is what the fact is what needs to be done. I'm check. Got you. But not everybody's like that. Sometimes you got to, you know, get into their feelings. You got to um, uh, uh, empathy, right? Yeah, yeah. Showing empathy to get to where they are. And then, okay, now I'm into the feelings. I, I feel the same way or I, was, or I had this in my life as well. Now, how can I still communicate with them to let them know, hey, you're not in this alone. I've, I've been there before. This is how, you know. This how you can respond. Do you think any leader can learn empathy? Because empathy is one of those things you either see it a lot in a person or you don't really see it that much in a person. Yeah. I mean, we've all have gone through failure and loss, right? And some people, they just, they don't want to go there again. You know, it was too hurtful. It was too deep. Um, and so it's, it just all depends on like if they're willing to be able to, you know, to be able to. Uh, first, you got to own it, right? First, you got to be able to own that loss or that failure. And then once you can be able to own it, then then you can be able to, you know, to use it. But not everybody's, you know, not everybody's built like that. You know, a lot of people have guardrails up or big walls because they never want to feel that way again. But I believe that's where power and strength lies. When I tore up my knee, I had three, I had two screws, I still had two screws in my knee, I tore three ligaments. I thought the world was ending, my, my red shirt freshman year. And for a long time, I never wanted to feel like that again. And that, it created fear in my life. Right. So once I was able to kind of like step back and then look at it, why it happened, and the things that I was able to do and the help that I've had to get me, not just at 100%, but even better, man, that's a weapon I use now. Everybody's been hurt, right? Everybody's been hurt, whether it's physically or emotionally. You gotta be able to own it. And, and then, then once you own it, then man, you can use that. You can use that to help others. Yeah, that's good. I think a lot of times, you know, like you said, we, it's hard for us to handle hurt, so we just brush it off. And some yeah, people, and I've, I've seen some people, you know, they brush it off and, and they seem to be doing pretty good. They expect everybody else to be able to brush it off. Mm -hmm. And uh, and we don't all respond to situations the same way. And yeah. So again, getting to know somebody, building that relationship, you can know who's going to require a little more empathy <laughs> than others. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, for. Uh, yeah, for uh, no, I was about to say, like, like for a lot of my, um, you know, when I do my workshops, is it's not just me in front of the group and talking. It's interactive. And so what I, what, what I love to be able to do is, in a safe environment, is have them be vulnerable. Not too vulnerable when people are in tears, but just, hey, you know, get into small groups and... Here's, here's three questions that I want you to, you know, we, we spent half an hour. Here's three questions. Like, what's the, what is the greatest accomplishment in your life and why? And then what is something that you, that you want to do before you die? And then why haven't you achieved it? So just like open, like, you know, some points where you can get, you can get just as deep as you want to. But being able to show vulnerability is what brings teams closer together. Yeah. So I always, I always like to start meetings or especially workshops because I have like four hours or six hours and we can, and they can get closer because, because that's what the biggest thing is, is, you know, in these corporate environments, there's just so they're in their box, you know, and they're on the computer or they're doing this, they get work done. But man, when you can be able to, you know, get them together, and, you know, with me being there, 
the, the uh, manager or executive is already showing them that they are investing in them by having somebody like me come in and speak to them. So then from there, so they're already showing that, but then I'm also getting there and I'm having them um, show a little bit of vulnerability. And then and then I'll jump in and I'll kind of add my stories and you know, anecdotes and then be able to pull you know, from different stories from my life and, and what I've seen and say, hey, so if we put this principle right here, how can that make us better? How can that make you better? So, you know, whether it's a person or as a business or company. Now, I don't know if this is a, uh, oh no, I'll just ask it. It might be a tough question. How can you uh, kind of rate the growth of a leader? How can you tell if they've improved in their leadership ability? By, I guess it would have to be um, gauging how people, how deep will people follow them, right? Like how some of the best, some of the best um, leaders, no matter if they're at Nike and then they move and they go to Adidas, is what person would follow them? Right. You see this all the time in sports where if a coach gets fired or whatever, and they go to another team. And then that that player wants to follow that wants to follow that coach. Uh, right. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, you can gauge how 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 good a leader is or if they're changing if how closely they're um, they're. Uh, his co-workers or their followers, how far will they able to, you know, to go with them? So like this, and, then there's, and there's, a, there's, a, there's a difference. There's, there's positional leadership, right? So, you know, a positional leadership, but then there's relational leadership. Um, my dad is, is my dad, okay? But we didn't have such a great relationship, you know, many reasons. So, but if he tells me to do something, you know, I'm going to do it because I'm his son. And in scripture, he tells me, you know, my dad, I'm going to do what he says. But if we would have created like a closer relationship, man, hey, Alex, I know it doesn't make sense, but I need for you to run through that brick wall. Man, I'm going to run through that brick wall because the relationship that was created. Right. So there's relationship. So there's positional leadership and then there's relational leadership. For me, my relational leadership, and I've seen it, you know, I've seen it both in scripture and then in real life, that people will follow you if you have a great relationship with them. Yeah, I've seen a pastor move across the country and have a whole team of staff that wanted to go with him. Right. He, he was going to go lead up another church, whole team. That's a, that's a powerful leader right there. And um, but let's also and this is something you had kind of talked about beforehand. But before we actually started recording, was not every leader, not every great leader is a great person necessarily. Yeah. yeah. And so yeah. I think I think that's also important to know because you were talking about how Hitler he led a lot of people, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make him a great person. And so I think I think. Um, you know, when we see people that have a large following, we still need to see if they're a great leader for us. Would you agree with that? Yeah, exactly. Because it's not, I'm not going to follow you if, if you know, you're a terrorist. I, I just don't believe, you know, I, I, I'm not going to follow you. Um, and, and so, like I said, for me, number one is character and then relationships. For other people, and it, it's, uh, I think it's the culture that we've created, and then also it's the age, all right, the age of the uh, the different um, people, you know, teenagers or whatnot. Teenagers they follow people with platforms, right? right? Yeah. You know, right? Kim Kardashian, her beauty is her platform. You know, that's why people follow her, um, and then people follow her because she's has so many followers you know and, and they don't want to miss out and 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 i'm seeing now how kim kardashian is using 
that pillar, right, her, her platform, but now she's starting to use it for good and starting to use that to create awareness for people who've been jailed wrong, you know, wrongly right. or in, in jail for, for some, you know, some, I don't know, uh, offense that others have, you know, haven't, you know, they served maybe six months, but, you know, a lady in Florida serving 10 years for the same offense. So it's just he using that platform, um, you know, for good. But there's different different reasons why people follow different people, like lawyers, right? People, man, choose lawyers because of their their experience. They have great, you know, great experience. That's great experience. But do your research, do they have great success with that experience? For me, I got to see both. Right. You know, people in corporations they hire they hire people because they have twenty years of experience. Well, they can be that can be twenty years of failure, but it's experience because you've been doing it for twenty years. So you need to you know make sure you do your research before you follow somebody. Do they have success along with that experience? Yeah, and, and I think you know, as a leader, you got to know what 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 your success is too yeah yeah it's all yeah because your success is different than how i view success i think a good leader can yeah a good leader is able to gauge that and see okay even though they their goal might be this you know the vision that i've been given is this and um i think a lot of times you know people it's hard for people to, to pick what type of leader you know, or, or see what they should be doing and what kind of a leader to follow because they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Mm. And so, and I think that ties back into the personal leadership is understanding what's my calling and purpose and then what leader can help me get there. Yes. And I think yep. sometimes that's, that's, that's off, you know, and I say this, you know, and this is kind of the same, uh, this kind of applies to a lot of the, the, the independent artists that listen to this show as you can't follow everybody out there who's got a name on a platform and copy what they do, look at them as a leader because what you're called to do might not be what they're called to do or who you're called to reach might not be who they're called to reach. That's right. And so, that's right. Yeah. So what are some, uh, just some last minute, uh, if you just had something you wanted to make sure people got for sure, in this interview, what would be kind of a last minute nugget you want to make sure they walk away with? I think um, just understanding like what, um, who you are, like really understand like who you are, like look in the mirror, what's important to you, you know, what, 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 what drives you. And then from there, you can be able to say, well, how am I going to show up in the world? Am I going to just show up? from my position, right? From my position, or is it gonna be like the relationships that I build or that I have? Um, so, I mean, it, it really starts with yourself is being able to see what you want. And, you know, if there's, I mean, there's help, there's guidance out there, to, you know, to be able to achieve what you want. But you have to be, here's the, here's the biggest thing, is you have to be accountable. You have to be able to take ownership of everything. When stuff goes wrong, for me, I used to blame it on other things. It was the, it was the defense that was called. It was the team that we were playing. It was whatever. It's my wife. No, when you really look at it, it's like, man, yeah, it's my fault for not hearing it that way. Hmm. It's my fault for not understanding the depth of how the importance of this is my fault. We have too many, too many, it's this right here. It's your fault, it's not my fault. No, everything I do, everything I do, man, that's on me. I was late, it wasn't because of the, the traffic or whatever. I knew the traffic was out there, man, it's my fault. I didn't leave early enough. Right. You take ownership and that shows vulnerability and it's okay to show a little bit of vulnerability. It's a lot of, there's a lot once you own it, there's a lot that can, a lot of good that can, that can come from it, but taking ownership. Yeah. I, I, I also heard somebody say, 
talking about in the leadership aspect, especially when you're leading a team, is just because it might not be your fault something happened doesn't mean it's not your responsibility. And because uh, I think a lot of times on a team, or when you're leading a team and you're the leader, it's like, well, that's not my fault. I'm not responsible for doing that. But as that leader, you're still responsible for it. And, uh, and I think a good leader will will own up to that responsibility. And, um, you know, like you said, you know, you, you take ownership of that uh, at whatever level you're, you're at it. That's so, right. <laughs> Here's the thing. So I hear this from parents. Yeah, from parents. <laughs> that's a big one. No, that's not that's not my Johnny. No, that's not my Johnny. No, that is your Johnny. That's yours. <laughs> that's your child. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's your child. Yeah. I must have learned that on the bus or or at school or, or at Timmy's house or whatever. That's that's you. Yeah. That's you. You. You some know, of the, I mean, some of the greatest lessons learned is through parenting, man. Like oh, you've got eight kids. I've got three and, you know, a teenager also, you know, my niece living with me. And, uh, and some of the greatest lessons you'll learn, even as a leader, just as anything is parenting. It's amazing. Oh, we man. can learn in that. <laughs> when you, when you can be able to pull it down and it's like, man, where you look at it? Yeah. Oh yes. There's <laughs> so many, you know, it, it adds up. It adds up. Yeah. yeah, man. Well, Alex, appreciate your time, man. Appreciate you sharing some wisdom with us and some leadership. Uh, so your website's alexmolden.com. What are some other ways people can look you up and find you and connect with you? Yeah, alexmolden.com is my um, is my business. I do uh, speaking, like I said before, speaking. Um, and that's just like a, you know, like a keynote or whatever. But I do workshops, but then I also do coaching. And I have an online coach. Uh, or an online course. It's a six-week leadership course. It's called High Achievers Academy. And you can just go on to alexmolden.com and there's a tab um, that has it on there and it gives you more information on how to, how to become better leaders. Um, yeah, but I'm on social media. I'm on Instagram, mostly uh, Facebook, and just alexmolden.com. Or, uh, or alexmolden. Yeah, alexmolden. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, like I said, I appreciate you. Uh, definitely want to hook you up with uh, uh, my brother over at MTMV Sports because um, you know, he's a Houdat fan all the way. Uh, I like it. I like it. So, I yeah, can man. talk some football. <laughs> Y'all make sure you go look him up, alexholden.com. Until next time, man, I hope everything is blessed with you. Jason, appreciate you, my man. All righty. That was my interview with Alex Molden. Uh, trainer of all things leadership, team building. Make sure you go check them out. Uh, let them know that you enjoyed the episode. You know, let them know some of the things you maybe learned from them or uh, or just things you really enjoyed. But make sure you go check them out and follow him. It's really good to have, you know, Christians, believers who were in that sphere, in that space. Uh, I've really learned a lot of the, the basic leadership principles and concepts are all biblical things. Uh, in the secular world, so many people use business prints or sorry, biblical principles without realizing it. And, uh, and so it's really good to have a Christian who was out training people, especially, you know, uh, people in the younger companies and things like that, you know, things like the FCA and Boy Scouts of America. So well, I was really great, glad and grateful to have Mr. Alex Molden on the show. So again, alexmolden.com. Please make sure you go and, and check them out there. And uh, and if you are a, a head of a, a company business or you have, um, maybe you want to suggest bringing him out to your company, tell your boss, uh, that's where they can find him at. Again, I want to thank Joseph uh, for uh, being a sponsor for this show. Appreciate you, man. Make sure you check out his new single, Myself, featuring Jake so ah, Man, J-E-K-A-S-O-L-E. Uh, I apologize. I probably butchered that name. I would guess it's Jake Asol, but I'm pretty sure I'm wrong because I'm not great at uh, pronouncing names like that. Uh, which is, I mean, my last name is really hard to spell. I've actually had people tell me, maybe you should call your podcast something else. Like maybe it shouldn't be Business with Bordeaux because Bordeaux is kind of difficult to spell. And uh, so I get it. I get it. People have mispronounced my name. And uh, so please don't be offended. I apologize. But also, uh, Mr. Aaron Simpkins at truestrengthapparel.com. He's actually getting ready to have his second child. 
He's going to have a little boy. So um, you know, if you want to support him with that, you can go to TrueStrengthApparel.com and check out his merch over there. He's also got the Solomon's Porch podcast merch available on there, uh, which, you know, obviously I'm fond of. But he's also got a Stronger Things shirt, which uh, it looks pretty cool. I, I, I'm i digging it. And even the back of it's got some great text on there you can check out. And uh, Jay Sandin and LT Smith, uh, two artists, uh, Christian hip-hop artists who have supported this show for a long time now, very long time, always been encouraging and pushing me and asking me, hey, Where's the next episode coming? <laughs> like, uh, whenever I'm slacking, they kind of keep me on my game. So I appreciate them for doing that. And, and all of you listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the episodes and sharing them and showing love. Uh, all of you rock, and I appreciate every single one of you. Uh, for those of you who share it, for those of you who tell people about it, for those who encourage me and let me know that it's you know good substance and, and all that good stuff, uh, definitely appreciate you in that. And I actually want to leave off this week. This is something that uh, is actually a part of the write-up for Joseph's song, Myself. Uh, scripture from James 1. Uh, I'm actually teaching this right now in my personal Bible study. So it's James 1, verse 4. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be complete or mature and complete, not lacking anything. Uh, I feel like that's a good verse. And for some reason, I wanted to share that today. And uh, not just because of that, because I'm teaching it, but... You know, somebody might be going through some stuff right now. Uh, so if you are, go over to James 1, 4, and, uh, and let, that, let that perseverance make you more mature and complete in your walk. And so anyway, that's it for the show this week. I thank you so much for tuning in, and uh, hopefully I'll be back with a great interview next month. I'm always looking for some awesome people to interview and, uh, and all that good stuff. So thank you so much for tuning in. And always remember, the more you learn, the more you know, the more you know, the more you grow. Thanks and God bless.